Welcome to the Career by Design podcast. I'm your host, Prayer. On this podcast, I'll teach you how to design the career of your dreams while feeling empowered. I'll be sharing inspirations and strategies that will help you get results. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's podcast. We are talking all about self-sabotage. We're going to be talking about how it feels to be, you know, an immigrant in the working experience as a woman, what that feels like. And we're joined today by Maida, and I'm going to pass it over to her so she can introduce herself. All right, Maida, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for inviting me and thank you for the cool introduction as well. Uh, so now I feel the pressure <laughs> to perform. So my name um, is Maida Park and I'm a career and life coach and I work with women and some men who are in these kind of crazy uh, industries such as finance uh, and other industries. I think all industries are crazy, but from my personal experience, I always take finance. I stayed 16 very long years over there. Um, not all good, not all bad, but it was 16 years. And uh, indeed, I one of the things that um, came up uh, during our, our conversation was to talk about how we self-sabotage and how we self-limit ourselves. And it's particularly the case for women. And recently, I have been seeing this a lot with women who are immigrants. And this is where I shame in because it's also something that I have been living with and working with for some time throughout my life. So just to give you a bit of a background, I was born in France from Lebanese Syrian Armenian parents who left France to go back to Syria. My mother was homesick <laughs> when I was very young, one or two year old, and um, grew up in Syria. And then for reasons, history, political reasons, my parents left Syria to France. So for me, being an immigrant was something that I have always been. And now that I don't live in France, I identify myself as French. But anytime I go back to France, I don't feel French. So it's it's very bizarre, but that's how it is. <laughs> but I did work in France. I did work in London. I did work in New York. And each time uh, being different, and I'm going to, to say not only being an immigrant, but di being different from what other people are has been, I'm going to say, a challenge. And it's a challenge on several levels. It's a challenge of self-acceptance because it's tough to be different. It's not easy. It's a challenge to overcome feeling not enough and not good enough. And the third challenge is not to act on that and not to get yourself into these kind of crazy situations like I did in the past where you want to prove so much that you are not a lazy something or an ignorant or, or whatever you think people think of you that you deplete yourself and you end up losing yourself and you end up self-sabotaging as well. I'm going to pause you there. There's so many different nuggets, I think, in what you just shared, right? So, you know, I would say if we look at the human experience, right, of course, both of us are women, 
We identify as career coaches. We are immigrants as well. We have all of those, you know, former corporate employees. But if you look at the human experience in general, I think this is applicable to everybody where, you know, we have all of these thoughts about who we are what, and what we should be doing, right? And a lot of times, I'm not going to say, of course, there is so much that's going on in our environment. There are biases in the corporate world from other people. There's all these challenges that we encounter, but sometimes I feel that, you know, we will make it worse for ourselves, right? And so we've got all the external challenges and we kind of take that and we multiply it and make it so much harder for ourselves because we just only start identifying with, like you said, being different. That becomes our identity is we're different. I'm different. I'm different. And when you have that mentality, you're so right. It holds us back because I think really to move forward, you have to have that feeling of belonging and that oneness. And I think it's a dual responsibility. Of course, corporations and the world, all of that in general, that needs to change. But until that happens, how do we do that for ourselves? So that's what I would love to talk about next is how do we create that feeling so we don't feel left behind and different and disadvantaged? And I would go further to say, Maida, victimized, right? I think it's putting ourselves in that victim mentality, especially when you think about something like the corporate world. So let's talk about that. And it is spot on. It's exactly that, is we end up victimizing ourselves by retreating from other people by feeling different. And I'm going to start by something that is not simple, but that can be helpful is own your your uniqueness. Is instead of seeing your your color or your background or, or anything that makes you different as something as a handicap, let's work with ourselves first and see it as an advantage. What does being different bring to the workplace? How can you make a difference? How can you own and be paid because you're different? And I'm going to take some some examples. I work with, with people, but it's also my personal experience is that when you are different and when you own it, when you embrace it, all of a sudden you break the cycle of shame. That probably is inherited from your either your community or your family. I know, for example, that my parents were always pushing me to be to conform, to be compliant, to respect the laws and, and be as small as possible in a foreign country because what will they think about us, right? Being Syrian, you're, it's not exactly the, <laughs> the, the, the country that has the best reputation on earth. So we inherit, we, we, we internalize all of that, as you said, and we end up victimizing ourselves. So number one is own your difference, embrace it and work with it. What does it bring to the world? What does it bring to the workplace? to be different. In my case, I speak different languages. I don't use these languages in the workplace, but it makes me someone who feels at ease because I have an accent. And if someone <laughs> says anything about my accent, well, tough. I, I speak four languages. How many do you speak? That's Which I love, by the way. I really do enjoy, side note, I love different accents. I think they're just so wonderful, so beautiful. And I think it adds so much. It makes the conversation interesting. So side note on that. <laughs> well, thank you. It's, it's, it's very difficult to, to embrace because 
people look at you bizarrely sometimes it's like what did I say wrong and you know you start taking things a bit too personally as well so this is advice number two don't take things personally sometimes we are all biased every one of us has a bias of some sort the idea is not to act on that bias and so the same way you think that other people are biased don't act on their bias and don't act on your own bias as well where you think that they are biased i'm i'm getting complicated here but what i mean by that is don't take things personally. It's not because someone says a word that feels offending or that triggers you that you necessarily need to act on it. Sometimes what they mean by that is totally different by with uh, from what you mean. So embrace the fact that people are not perfect, we're not perfect, and people are going to slip up. Don't take it personally. See what you can do in the moment to feel safe in your body and to feel safe to be different. I wanted to just add something (laughs) there is I agree with that so much because if somebody says something to you, there's two things. One is it's about them. It's their thoughts, their processes. And just because somebody says something doesn't make it true, right? So I think I want the, the listeners to understand that too, is people have all kinds of thoughts, you know, even let's take race out of the equation, gender. Somebody might think you're too fat, too tall, too educated, too polished, not educated enough, not this. I mean, people have like a million thoughts a minute, but guess what? That's about them. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't make it true. So I just wanted to add that as well. And it's it's very true. And that's the whole point is let's let's stop thinking that whatever someone says about us is true. They don't know you. They are reacting from their own experience. And whether they want to have this relationship with you or not is their choice. You can't please everyone. But there is one person that we should aim to please is ourselves. <laughs> And if we go in that self-hatred in a way, oh my goodness, you know, I'm, I'm French, people think I'm lazy, plus I'm Syrian, so people think I'm a terrorist or an idiot or whatever, it, it never stops. And it's not helpful, it's not useful, it's actually quite harmful. So number three is, let's go again into not feeling um, obliged to um, to respond to other people's biases and to mold or shape shift to what they think we should be. Because they have their own vision of the world and we have our own truth. And what I would like for people is not necessarily to be always um, in this kind of warrior phase where I'm different, I'm better. It's to say, I'm different and I would like a relationship and I can do the job and I choose to have uh, you know, a relationship with you or not. And these are my boundaries. And these are the places where I don't feel it's all right for me to go. So I would say, and this is very much for women as well, and whether you know, you're, you're different or not or, or, or anything, but to have this courage inside to be assertive and to assert your boundaries as well as in there are places that are a no-go. And it's not a no-go because I'm different. It's just a no-go because I'm a soul, I'm a human being, and I'm not okay 
for things to go that way. And without being, you know, on the defensive, it's just to say, listen, um, I, I, I hear what you have to say. I don't necessarily agree with anything, with everything, but let's leave it that way. I find sometimes that we are so eager to please, we are so eager to be liked and to be accepted that sometimes we sell a bit of our soul just for that sake. Um, and I think it would be good for us as humans to also honor our own souls, our honor our own boundaries, and honor our path as well. And sometimes we forget that as well. So that's that's my my other nuggets for, for this. <laughs> Yeah, and I want to just backtrack a little bit here. And I want to talk about, I think for some people, it's hard to recognize that self-sabotage is happening, mm -hmm. right? Because I think it just feels so normal and it's the way that you're used to running. And for most of us, you know, I would say given my audience here, you know, it's 35, 40 years plus of this type of conditioning. And so in your experience, what are some examples that you've seen, like, let's say career related with self-sabotage? Oh, so many. <laughs> so I will start by one of the simplest ones is they don't care about me. So this is when we go into the head and we decide that my boss doesn't like me or their boss doesn't like me. So I'm not going to ask them for something that I want. So we stay small. Um, the, another way is also when we are in these big groups or even sometimes smaller groups where you have louder voices and the person is not so loud, but decides that if I open my mouth, I'm going to say something stupid or I'm not as eloquent. Um, I have a lot of people who say I, I have an accent. I, I don't speak the same words as someone who is native and what have you. And they shut down. Finding ways to stay invisible, because if you were visible, it will expose you to feedback, to criticism, or to disagreement, is one of the biggest disservices that we do ourselves. Mm -hmm. And we don't see it because we rationalize. That's what we are. We are intellectualized. Everything we rationalize, we give it an excuse. It's like, well, I, I couldn't speak because the managing director was speaking or that. And, and, and so what? And so what? You can always find ways to be visible in an intelligent and smart way without necessarily saying something stupid. And if you say something stupid, it's fine. One of the things that I trained also people is I want you for the next week, every time you are in a meeting, to note something stupid that someone influential said and see how they get over it. And they survived and nobody cared. People noted, but overall, if they say 1% stupid was 99% relevant, people will get over it. And I want you to get over it as well. So one of the biggest self-sabotaging is wanting to stay in your corner and think that if you speak up, people don't care or that you're going to get ridiculed or you're going to be challenged and it's not worth it. Well, I'm going to tell you one thing, it is worth it. So please, please, please do it. And I would love to share a story here that I've seen just happening with one of my clients is when we see ourselves, you know, with this lens of being different, sometimes we also translate it to being less than, right? Mm -hmm. And we think, okay, we're not good enough because of these things. And when we do that, we start, I think, um, idealizing other people 
And we start thinking that titles, let's say, are, are, are bigger than that. So I have this one client that I'm working with who is so talented and wonderful. And yesterday she had a networking chat set up with somebody who was, you know, quote unquote, high up in a company, somebody in a very, you know, powerful position. And when the meeting got canceled, it was like all about her. It was like, they don't care about me. Um, you know, I'm the victim, you know, I've been so flexible, they don't want to meet with me. And instead of having the dialogue for ourselves to say, hey, the meeting didn't happen, it doesn't mean anything, it's neutral, I'm now going to take the time that instead of the meeting that I was supposed to do, let me go set up a meeting with somebody else, let me go do this other thing. And I think, again, it comes from that dialogue. And she happens to also be, you know, somebody who's an immigrant, somebody who's here in this country who feels the struggle. But here's the thing is that, you know, those type of things are happening, of course, all the time where somebody can't meet with you, but what do we make it mean, right? What do we create as a story in our head that's more than what's just going on? And I think exactly to your point, that's all that self-sabotage when it could be so much better and so much easier on ourselves. So that's the antidote that I wanted to share. And, you know, we have the power. We cannot be giving our power away to other people and, and the circumstance, quite frankly. Exactly. And and I, I want to, just to, to to follow up on what you're saying, because it's really depleting. It's really killing our souls when we go into, I'm not good enough. I'm this. I'm not that. I wish I'm, I'm five foot tall. I wish I were five, seven. Honestly, it would make my life much easier. But it is what it is. Maybe there's something fun about being five foot tall. I, I have yet to, to find it. Um, but it's, there are so many ways we turn against ourselves that it's it's really about time to break that. I understand that sometimes we have been educated and conditioned and programmed with the, you know, you need to be tough on yourself because otherwise you're complacent and you're lazy and you need to do more and more and more. But comes the time where more is not better. So now is a good time when you approach this these times in your career when you're 35, 40, 45, and you are still thinking that if someone doesn't talk to you, it's because of you. It could be, but in that case, it's about them mostly. You don't care anymore. You go into, what can I do to love myself better? And love yourself better could be, you can go and, and have a nice tea. You can go and chat with a friend. You can go and chat with a mentor. And if there is one thing that I really want uh, women to be more uh, proactive about is find a mentor. Really, really find someone who can help you, can guide you or a coach or, or whatever works for you. But find someone who gets you out of that little corner you have been putting yourself and tells you, is that really true? If someone cancel, if someone is rude to you today, is it really about you? And most of the time is no. It's they need self-regulation. Is <laughs> they had a bad day? Is maybe they have a stomach ache? I have no idea. But point is, don't necessarily assume always the worst and don't necessarily assume always that it's about you. What can you do about it? And something very simple as in, so um, I saw that you canceled uh, the, the, the event with me today. Um, and I just want to reiterate that I'm very excited uh, and looking forward to speak with you. 
when can we, when are you available so that we can reschedule? So be proactive about that. Show again, you're not, you're not a victim here. There are enough times where unfortunately we, we can be victimized by life, but sometimes it's self-inflicted. And when it's self-inflicted, this is a good time to look into what's going on inside. Why, why do I go to that point where I feel I need to bully myself to be better or to make myself feel good? And, and from there, have strategies that can get you out of that state. Because again, it's not helpful. It's not even healthy in the long run. It's very depleting. Yeah, you said it. I mean, and if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know, we talk about this so much is, you know, the way that you talk to yourself, that is so, so important. And don't be that person that has all of that negative chatter that is dictating the way that you show up because it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? You feel let's say less than or ignored or not good enough. And that's exactly what, you know, you start creating in terms of a result because you don't take that bold action. You don't do X, Y, and Z. And that's so, so important. And something else that I want to go back and say, since we're talking about, you know, the immigrant experience in, in particular is I get it, especially if you had parents that were immigrants as well, right? A lot of it is the thoughts that they had and the way that they had expectations in terms of how you're behaving. And there's a place for that, right? It served its purpose. There was a time when you're new to the country and you want to not draw too much attention and you do want to fit in and it's well served as maybe a younger person or a newer person. But again, as you start maturing and growing up and advancing in your career, you have to decide how much of that narrative you want to keep because you don't have to. Whatever narratives you had in the past, even the narrative of like a job title. So we're speaking to somebody who was, you know, an expert in finance here um, and I was in the management consulting world. Even those are the titles that you don't have to keep about yourself, right? You can constantly reinvent yourself and you get to decide. So I think that's really the take-home message for everyone that's listening is you get to decide and just be aware when those self-sabotage moments are coming up because they will. We're human beings as well. It will come up, but you don't have to believe those thoughts. You don't have to take action on those thoughts. And like Maida was sharing, have your toolkit or your strategies ready that work for you, that you know will snap you out of that or help you shift out of that. So you are supporting yourself in the best way possible. Absolutely. So Maida, <laughs> with that, thank you so much for coming on today. I really, really love this discussion that we had. Is there anything that you want to leave our listeners with as, you know, a couple of tips or just one piece of advice to sum this all up? I, I'm going to, to give you two words to, um, to ponder upon. The first word is agency. And the second word is sovereignty. So they, they may look quite alike or not, but I would like for each of us, whenever we have a thought that comes that says not good enough, is what can I do about it? I have agency. I don't, I, there are enough circumstances in life that you can't do anything about except accepting them. But there are a lot of situations where I have a say in it. I can do something about it. So agency sovereignty and freedom these are actually three words <laughs> but the two will lead to the third and i think this is what we are all looking for as well freedom thank you thank you so much
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Career by Design podcast. I hope that the strategies I shared today will help you on your journey to an amazing career. Be sure to check in next week for another episode. And for more tips, follow me on Instagram under inspiration underscore careers.